Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Going for the Green Daily Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Colin Drew coming off of a nice week uh, last week. I guess nice week in betting. Rory McIlroy wins 20 to 1. Uh, probably would not have uh, probably would not have bet it, you know, without uh, without doing this podcast. So I am always appreciative to my great friend Colin Drew. You know, always you're you always do a good job of making me bet my guys that's, when they're at absurd two. numbers. That's yeah. two thus far, Davis. So yeah, we're feeling we're feeling good. Uh, the AT and T Byron Nelson this week, and uh, you know, always fun when we go into a new golf course. We get the good narratives. You know, guys who are our members, guys who have played the course before. We have, you know, people examining amateur results and stuff at these golf courses. It's it's always the best. It brings <laughs> it brings the it brings the best out of the golf tout community. Oh, absolutely! It can't be beat. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like people are just going to nuke any new course until i see something different you know I, I remember the same event with like the trinity forest everyone was talking about like oh it's american links you got the texas wind and want to talk it up to be this tough event but then sun king shoots 23 under and i don't know that's what i'm expecting this week 20 under par winning score lots of birdies a lot of random golfers towards the top of the leaderboard definitely the field that sets up for that as well a couple top end players but pretty weak overall yeah and uh that is also reflected in the salaries this week a little bit because dustin johnson uh was in this event but then withdrew from playing this event so we have bryson at 11.2 rom at 11k flat Jordan Spieth at 10.7, Hideki at 10.3, Berger at 10.1. I mean, do we, do we, I, I guess we should talk a little bit more about the course. My expectation is just it's going to play well for dudes who can drive the ball far and who are going to make birdies. You know, we talked about the Trinity Forest example before we hopped on the show. What, you know, the, that, that course got absolutely nuked when it was introduced. I, I guess the thought there that is, if just regular dudes at the course, you know, just regular members have been playing this course for the last decade or whatever, it just, it cannot possibly be hard enough to get, you know, minus 11 to be a winning score from PGA Tour players. Yeah. And, you know, like Wells Fargo, I much prefer the Wells Fargo, you know, Quail Hollow style of tournament last week with a winning score 10 under like low teens. Definitely prefer that. But I mean, maybe, maybe it favors bombers, but at the end of the day, whenever you get to these courses where it's like 20 under par strokes game, putting drives so much of the deviation in scoring. And so I think that that introduces more randomness. Sure. Like the, the longer players on the par fives are going to have eagle and birdie easy birdie opportunities and that's nice but it's just like a course where last week was a course we talked about it like skill-based course and this week is definitely a course with more randomness but yeah like more of a bomber course definitely not like an rbc rbc heritage setup or anything like that just a course where the short guys can still contend yeah um all right so let's go ahead and get into it uh, no surprise, we have one Mr. Jonathan Rom projected as far and away the uh, the best play this week. Uh, Bryson very close, Berger very close to Bryson. But I mean, you know, Rom is projected twelve DraftKings points better than Berger. So if you are if you are kind of just using 
the optimizer and not making a ton of adjustments, you are just going to be, um, you're going to be slammed with John Rom. And I, I, you know, I don't hate it. Rom, Rom at a Muni style golf course can't, can't really be the worst, right? Yeah. I mean, last week was super frustrating for anyone who backed Rom. You had the price increase this week and uh, like right there with Bryce and most expensive guys with the DJ withdrawal. I'd, I would say Rom last week, it was all short game. Like his around the green play was terrible. And that's where he lost all his strokes. His putter was below average as well. He's typically an above average putter, um, at least break even to slightly above average. So like those are spots I'm willing to overlook it. He was still driving the ball. Great. It should be an easy course. So I'm not afraid to go back to, to Rom. I don't yeah. necessarily view him as a dom, like as quite as dominant of a favorite as the projections, but definitely not afraid to go back to him. I think the field's going to be on him too, like 18 to 22% owned. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think there's any chance of Rom being like a year, this two week. years ago, yeah. you get him at like 10%, but that just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Um, Bryson, I, I guess if you were looking for a guy, an expensive yeah. guy with a lot of win equity to be low, it would be Bryson after, I mean, like, uh, he's so he annoying. I mean, it's like he, by the end of the tournament, he's still a top 10 or whatever. So, but I mean, Bryson, of course, we're like putting drives, a lot of deviation and scoring and you can bomb it and it's easy. Like you can't make big numbers. That definitely seems up Bryson's alley. So I don't think he's going to be low either though. I think both him and Rom will be in the 18 to 22% range and, more model-driven places. We'll probably back Rom. Maybe the more casual stuff. We'll go with Bryson. Maybe low stakes, high stakes split. Maybe, but both guys are going to be reasonably popular. Yeah, I, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I think that seems about true. So I guess that if we think those guys are going to be reasonably popular, um, does that mean does that mean that Spieth, Hideki, we're we're going to see we're going to see them be low? I mean, Spieth, I think in general single digits probably what you about so? what about Hideki so I think Hideki will be single digits we we just haven't seen much of him since the Masters um Spieth I think there was so much hype kind of going into the Masters the resurgence right. of form you got like more Spieth people and then you've got Texas ties actually in Texas this week so yeah classic. I don't know I think um for Spieth I think there's gonna be some support uh, like definitely a player i feel like i need to interfere with the model on consistently right now but still not willing to play him over rom and bryson yeah um yeah i i I agree with you i think uh probably an interesting rule for tournaments is just at least one of bryson rom and then you know your favorite of hideki burger kepka Zalatoris, something and also Fitzpatrick is in this group in terms of win equity um 4.6 percent of the time well and and Scheffler too though Scheffler is going to be stone cold chalk I would imagine but I I think a very top heavy build is appropriate here because we get into the range of very average golfers very fast after this top tier yeah yeah I think in this top tier I think Hideki probably candidate to be low owned. I think that Kepka is probably the other candidate. You know, he was playing well earlier in the season, won the waste management, but then had the knee injury, had like five, six weeks off before the Masters, missed the cut at Augusta, hasn't played since Augusta. Um, I think he'll be like 10%. Definitely a guy the model can't account for, but I, like it's hard to, to see Brooks showing up and like caring too much this week. 
Yeah, uh, Brooks. Brooks not going to be in the mix for me. I'm I'm pretty intrigued by Zalatoris because he he actually does seem like a guy who mu- the market might be a little bit swayed by the miscut because obviously the market was swayed by how well he performed at the Masters. But can't can't you see? You know, obviously Scheffler is going to be very popular. Burns, yeah. I think, will will generate some ownership above his projection. Burger, like I, I can see. I can see Willie Z being, you know, 12% instead of like 18%. Yeah, I, I haven't published these yet, but I've got them at about 18 right now. But um, I've got Fitzpatrick and Scheffler just ahead of that, like 20 and 22, respectively. So I think the thing with Will Z is it's not, it's not like a no sample guy. Like there has been a building sample and he was definitely a guy that was kind of trendy. And I think like especially even the casual players like if you just click into DraftKings and you try to make a lineup with him the stats that pop up there just show like massive upside and tons of made cuts across the corn Ferry tour and pga so i don't think the miss cuts gonna sway people again like another situation i do think sam burns is the guy who will be lower owned of that group he, he's clearly um in sort of the next next tranche as far as the projections like he probably doesn't deserve to be like they almost need to cut the pricing at 9,400 and then drop it down to like 8,900 for the next group of guys. Right. Yeah. That, so that's, that's kind of what I'm referring to is after Scheffler, we get into, you know, Leishman, Palmer, nope. Garcia, yeah. <laughs> Day, Siwoo, English, Peters, Lee Westwood, Luke List. And I, I look, I've lost a lot of money on Luke List over the years. And I just, I, I, I know we're, we're thinking that this course is going to play kind of easy, but like, 8,400. I mean, what's really the difference between Luke List and, you know, Sebastian Munoz at 7,600? Like, honestly, can't, can't really be that different. Yeah, I agree. And I think like List, he'll, he'll be fine, right? He'll probably make the cut. Like he will flirt with a top 20 or something like that. But those, those types of players I'd prefer to play on tough courses where T to green play is what drives the deviation in scoring more so than putting. So yeah, those guys yeah. are fine, but like, it's just another reason to go like two up top and then four of the like seven K and below guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so <clears throat> anyone out of this range, Leishman, Palmer, Sergio day, Siwoo, English, Peters, Westwood, List, Wise. I mean, any of those guys that you 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 would think you want to play over the field in MME? I mean, Sergio at seven percent probably. Yeah, Sergio. I mean, Sergio at a you know kind of wide open. Don't, don't think there's going to be that many big numbers out there. Like it, it I, I can buy like that. People are definitely tapping the bombers and just like looking at the early peons, like like Thomas Peters is more popular than I expected. Ryan Palmer with the Texas stuff in there, more popular than I expected. Aaron Wise like played well last week um, was a good value in the projections, but he was like 7,100 and now he's up to 8,300 still carrying a lot of ownership. So like, those are guys that I can try to look to avoid. And it does feel like people are uh, perhaps gravitating towards the big hitters. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that seems about right. Um, Keith Mitchell, finally some good results last week. Like I, I, that kind of already has me, my, my interest peaking a little bit, but uh, I, he's like a, the Bermuda grass guy. And I assume that it's not Bermuda grass this week. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be the guy who knows the 
the green surfaces yeah. as well as you are. Yeah. Um, ugh, this, I guess, so Ryan it does... Palmer, I think, is playing well, but it's just like the like those guys are getting hyped, and then Palmer, especially with like Texas, gets hyped a bit more. So, like, it's it's just hard to be overly interested there. I would see who's probably been out of anyone in this range. He's probably been hitting the ball best with like TD Green. So, yeah, I, I think that ownership. seems about he's, right. He's playing well. Um, now it does. It, I, I guess it, you know, it really does feel as if this has got to be a Cam Champ course, right? Like if we're talking about, if we're talking about bombers, if we're mentioning Luke List positively, if we're talking about, you know, guys who drive and putt, we got to be, we got to be interested in in Champ, right? So, like, I'm not willing to anoint it a bombers course, and if the field is thinking that way, then it is possible that Champ will get overbought. But um, I guess if you're going to go down that path, you could build some like correlated lineups, like get get Bryson and Champ and like build a lineup with some of the longer guys. But um, it feels like the longer players are actually the guys who are going to be overbought, relatively speaking. And oh, yeah, I mean that because anytime a narrative takes hold for a bucket of golfers, that bucket always ends up being overowned relative to their projection because the the best way to do things is to just play the the best you know 24 round rolling stroke averages regardless of of these things and so someone like champ is definitely going to be overbought there's i don't think there's yeah that's got to be true yeah yeah um all right it, after it, after if, champ oh, is go fowler ahead. gonna it's fowler gonna play well man a muni course if fowler can't play well here do, do you just send him to the minors i mean i i literally played fowler um How last week yeah i mean i i just i literally do not understand like he he play was playing well like what what is his deal does he have the yips like what what is going on with ricky fowler that he can't figure this out like is, i i don't know oh it's just i'm i'm tilting i'm tilting at ricky fowler yeah so one of the guys that popped is potentially a elite leverage play was Antoine Rosner. I think the Euro Tour players are typically guys that the model is low on relative to the hype, and that's not the case this week. So I'm always intrigued when you see that guy who's won twice in the European Tour in the past 12 events and doesn't seem to be generating a bunch of hype. Definitely a guy I wasn't super familiar with coming in. So from a model perspective and leverage, I'm always intrigued by that type of setup. Yeah, uh, and I, I guess you could probably put him in the bucket of guys who is, who are not going to be overbought, and so that's probably just a great way to attack things as guys with pedigree who are not going to be super popular. Um, our our stuff loves Doug Gim. Yeah. I, I guess I, I don't know. Loves Doug Gim. Yeah, gotta gotta love Doug Gim. Um, so just just to like add color to that, people who are like more casual or less plugged in. I mean, he is absolutely lapping the value range with his ball striking. So like over the past six, seven events, he's gaining almost 1.6 strokes per round ball striking. Now he's losing like 1.3 with his short game, but it's still net positive. And you talk about like the weak field and just what drives ownership and conversation at PGA DFS. Doug in is definitely the best value. He's definitely popping in data golf's work he's definitely popping in any weighted stat site and so 
like he's he's headed towards being the highest owned player this week 20 percent right now but i wouldn't be shocked if it was 25 or you know some of those contests he's gonna be like 35 and like a single entry yeah, well, that uh, that strikes me as absolutely terrible, and uh, and don't, don't do that. The chalk's um, been getting there, man. It's been it's been a very very chalky year. Yeah, uh, I I can't be interested in that. I I could be persuaded into Eric Van Royen. Yeah. Uh, do we do we think Doc Redman has any of that tee to green magic left in him? I mean, he was. Now, not this season at all. He's been quite bad, but there was a run when we were doing the show last year where he he was actually a great tee to green player. Yeah, I'm 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 not there. I think the EVR call is probably a pretty good one. Um, I think like Taylor Gooch towards the top end of the range is pretty decent. Russell Knox was actually top five in the field no. team green last oh, week. Right when God, you score off dude. him too. Oh, it's it can't. Russell, Russell Knox and Ricky Fowler are, are these dudes I just keep buying. And, like, I don't even like Ricky. Why I, Why am I buying Ricky? I guess because he's 7,700, and I just have sticker shock. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Tom Hoagie and Jonathan Vegas. Vegas was one of the guys I mentioned potentially as a fit last week. If you're building a lineup with longer hitters, then I think Vegas makes sense as one of the value options. Um, if you're trying to kind of move away from that narrative hope that the shorter guys can contend then i think hoagies right there is a pretty decent play wow i i guess i i guess i really got to be jamming in this week yeah um vegas at 7200 i mean i like i don't know it seems seems like a, a course for for vegas to go out there and uh make some birdies patrick rogers Adam Shank, James Hahn, all of these guys are looking decent. And then what, what, where would we be without our weekly Wyndham Clark uh, drive for show, putt for dough tout? Yeah. I mean, again, like that's, yeah, this is definitely the, the type of course you could potentially see that at. Um, but a lot of overall thin plays down here this week, um, like in the $6,900 range to the guys like Cage Lee, Roger Sloan, those were two of the guys that jumped out that have been, gaining uh, just over half a stroke with their ball striking, losing less in that short game. So again, pretty positive players with decent ball striking, but um, I'm, it feels like a week where you, you want to try to diversify versus like load up on one of these players. Unless of course you're going with the Doug Gim Chuck. Yeah, not, uh, not, not uh, uh, optimal. I don't think uh, Bryce Garnett, actually another guy who generally speaking, I, I think should be a decent course fit, you know, 6,900 uh, John who, but whoa, maybe, maybe bad Rory 6,800 little, little bit interested Sam's, in him. Yeah. Yeah. 17. I think's okay there. Yeah. I would say like uh, a lot of these guys are like 15 to 16% to T20. Um, they're kind of like coin flips to make the cut and yeah, definitely not guys. I'm looking to load up. I don't think any of them would make like the, the last man in on my lineup. I don't really see someone sub seven K that I'd be interested in, in playing in a single entry. I'd probably tap out at either Wyndham Clark or like Jonathan Vegas and single entry. Yeah. Um, I, I think probably Danny Lee would be the last guy for me. Um, he, he feels, he feels like, a, like Danny Lee just is a super bigly range of outcomes guy where, you know, he's got, he's got some 65s, he's got some 75s. I don't know. So he'd, he'd probably be the, he'd probably be the last guy I would play. Um, let's talk a little bit about, Betting, I, I gotta say, probably the uh, available 
betting stuff right now it's it's been ruined yeah yeah yeah. it's uh if you miss the dj wd i mean that's like the biggest edge you can get right now is when dj pulls out of events and the outrights are on the board yeah fanduel uh fanduel didn't pull it for like i don't know about 30 minutes probably maybe less i don't know i i got mine in right away i bet rom at 10 to 1 uh, I bet Zalatoris at 33 to one and I bet Scheffler at 25 to one. Rom is eight and a half. Scheffler, hey, you know what? D- Data Golf still has Rom plus EV yeah. right now. Well, the so, absolutely love Rom. Yeah. They, so I, I guess if you were going to, you, you could, uh, what Feinberg says, you bet it like a football game. Like you just, you just bet three units on Rom and that's the only bet you make for the whole week. And if Rom wins, you're feeling good. And if Rom doesn't win it, you know, I guess it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I can't hate on that. Um, and it, it seems like anything like the, the top end, a lot of the value just got wiped out when the, they reshuffled Rom's still there, but not going to see a lot else. I think anything else, you know, if you do believe the course is going to be prone to some randomness, you do believe that it's going to be a 20 under winning score, then definitely some of the guys that are deeper down in the odds are going to be more live than they usually are. So um, Jonathan Vegas, Eric Van Ruin, though they're 121, 151 respectively. So both those guys, I think we were interested in playing potentially in a single entry in DFS. And yeah. I think they're decent long shot bets. And it seems like the week where there's only a few top end players. The course is going to be random. So long shots definitely could come through this week. Yeah. Um, all right. What are you thinking for um, one and done? I, I guess I, I'm so I'm so dusted off now. I, I, I actually think Hideki is mega sneaky, by the way. I don't think Hideki coming off the Masters win will be popular at, at all. Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you. I'm I'm in this like weird spot where I'm like 750th, and I think top 500 get paid, so I'm still like, yeah, you're still straddling. I'm, I'm still live for sure, not in contention, and so I feel like I need to end up picking like a decent player. It's definitely a player where the top end has some more win equity than they do normally. Um, Daniel Berger's already been used by 54% of the field, so and I haven't used him yet, so. He feels like oh, a that's pretty nice. solid option. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like that's perfect for where you're at. If you're, you know, top 200 or whatever, I think this is actually the spot to deploy Scheffler. If you have an entry that's doing yeah. really well, I, I think you use Scheffler here. Um, if you have an entry like mine that's that's not doing so hot, I think Sergio looks like uh, a pretty. I think Sergio looks like a pretty appealing option. So that's uh that's probably what I'm gonna do. Um, all right, everyone, there we go. That, uh, that is it for the Daily Roto Going for the Green Daily Fantasy Golf Podcast. Colin and I will be back next week.